Welcome to the Sales and Communication Podcast. My name is Marco Davy. Do you work in sales, sales engineering, or do you work with customers in general? Are you interested in learning about sales and communication? Then you're in the right place. In this podcast series, I will share tips, insight, and news from the world of sales, enablement, and communication. Are you ready? Relax, learn, and win. So today I'm going to talk about seven tips to host your virtual sales kickoff via Zoom. So the first one is be mindful of Zoom fatigue. Now this is something that you probably have experienced yourself, whether you use Zoom or some other online virtual tool. I focus on Zoom because I have used it quite extensively over the last yeah, few months. Probably worked from home since March, and Zoom was my daily <laughs> daily bread. Using it literally every day, uh, sometimes multiple meetings, many meetings during the day, and it's quite intense when you use Zoom because you tend to be on camera typically. You also tend to be having very focused meetings, which means after you know two or three of those Zoom calls where you have been two or three hours face-to-face on a Zoom call, you kind of feel a bit of exhausted. You need a break. So when you're planning your sales kickoff and you want to do it in a virtual environment, there's a few things that you need to think about that you can't really do it the same way as you've done your sales kickoffs in the past. I've attended and even managed the rollout of sales kickoffs where you spend two days in a meeting room, literally, with hundreds of people. There's also physical breakout rooms, but there's always movement, there's different sessions, different speakers, and you can keep people quite well entertained all day. But now when you're doing this virtually, it's quite dramatically different. So, the first thing that you need to think about is that if you do typically do a two-day sales kickoff, you need to spread this out over time. So you can't do the same in two days via Zoom. You need to spread it out. Think about making those sessions smaller, shorter, more focused. So my recommendation is at least double or triple the time and limit the kickoff time each day to maybe one or two morning sessions, one or two afternoon sessions, leave some time for a lunch break in there, give enough time for breaks within the sessions. So spread it out. That's quite important. Try to keep sessions to a max of one hour and then have a break. Second one, second tip. 
use the zoom breakout functionality. That's really uh, something that is important to do. The reason for this is in a physical environment you would have typically had some sessions where everybody attends and then there are specific sessions maybe for your BDRs, your SDRs or there's a session specifically for account managers. There might be a specific session that is geared towards sales operations. There might be a session that is specific for your people managers among sales managers, etc, etc. So you want to be able to replicate that physical breakout also online. It's quite important to get that uh, and make those specific sessions. You can also have topical sessions. Maybe there's one session that is about objection handling. There's another session that focuses on new products. And maybe there's another session that you want to uh, use to discuss maybe new selling approaches like whiteboard selling, etc. So th be creative, try to, bra to use breakout rooms. And the beauty of Zoom is that it allows you to set up those breakout rooms in advance. And what I mean by that, you can actually go and label and name each individual breakout room beforehand and also assign participants based on their email address into those rooms. You can find a template that is a CSV file on the Zoom website, but I also posted a link onto my website. So you can go to www.marcodavy.com, click on the link for the downloads, and I've got a link there that brings you to the Zoom page where you can download that file, that sample file, directly. That's quite, uh, quite, a, quite a great uh, time saver as well, because if you've got 100, 100 participants and have to manually try to assign them to different rooms on the, on the fly, that is quite challenging. So it's a great idea to do it beforehand, which also allows you to make it very specific for each individual session. So you, if you have, for example, a session that's specifically for BDRs or SDRs, you can have that session dedicated in there and you have the email addresses listed accordingly. So the other thing, the next tip is about the functionality that you use with your phone. So typically people, when they're using Zoom, they use the audio portion also by using a PC or laptop or a Mac to kind of connect or even on, a, on an iPad or iPhone. That means when you do the breakout sessions, the audio and the video, the actual participation follows the person into the room. Now what happens sometimes is that people dial in with their phone and it has the advantage that it's a separate link. So if they got a Wi-Fi problem, they might be still on the phone, which is a great thing. So it is an advantage to some degree to use the phone for the dial-in. But what happens, they show up in the participant list twice. Once as their Zoom connection and another time as their phone connection. There's a way to combine those two. And when you first start your phone connection, they ask you for uh, a session for an ID, a participant ID. Um, many, many people don't type it in because they don't really uh, know what that is. And then they come in and set the separate phone line. So if you do use breakout rooms, 
I highly recommend make sure that if someone dials in via phone, that they link their phone line to their Zoom connection. And they do this by typing on their phone hash participant ID hash. That's all they need to do. The participant ID they, they can find that in the in in the actual Zoom session. But they need to on the phone on the dial pad they need to type in hash participant hash. That links their phone line directly to their Zoom connection and then you won't have any issues with your breakouts. Tip number four is about host and facilitators. Any speakers, anybody who is, you know, is a host or facilitator or speaker on the session, my recommendation is actually to use the phone line for the audio portion. And the reason for this is because sometimes people have challenges with their Wi-Fi connection. I had, I hosted a sales kickoff over four days uh, back uh, in uh, a few months ago. And on one day, at one time, my Wi-Fi connection collapsed, my broadband collapsed for five minutes. Still, uh, pretty challenging if you're the host. Now the host function usually switches over to someone who is still live in the Zoom session. So the, 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 the session continues. However, if you are the main presenter or if you're the one who is driving slides, etc., that, that's, a, that's a challenge because you're losing everything. You're losing the phone connection as well as the Zoom link, so you can't even notify anybody. Now, if you dial in with your phone, the advantage is that at least you can let people know, hey, I lost my Wi-Fi connection. Please continue with the meeting. Um, I'll be, I can listen and I can talk, but you know, please someone else can take over moving the slides. And this is what I did. So I asked some of the other facilitators to actually take over the slide deck and continue to drive the slides. So that's, uh, that's a really good way to manage this. It's probably a really good idea for anybody who is presenting to actually dial in with a phone so that they have that fallback. Tip number five. And this is controversial because, yeah, at the beginning I said, well, be mindful of Zoom fatigue. But at the same time here I'm saying, put your cameras on. And the reason is, it feels much more like a proper face-to-face -face meeting if everybody has a camera on. Not only, you know, helps people to concentrate on, on the content, but it also gives you a bit of a visual connection. People can see each other. You know, it's okay if, you know, if a dog or the cat moves around in the background. Uh, it, it's fine. It makes it more natural. Even if you're all working from home and you have, you know, the challenge of being working from home, maybe you're, you know, as I said, your your pet comes in or that happened to me once. Um, so these things do happen. It's okay. Uh, we all know of a challenge of the challenges that the offices, many of the offices are closed. We have to work from home. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we sometimes do have those small disruptions, but uh, it's great to have that camera on. So that's my recommendation, tip number five. Tip number six. 
Um, this is one that I recommend for the host specifically. So whoever is the main person who is kind of running the Zoom session and managing everything, the breakouts and everything. My recommendation is have a second Mac or a second PC where you can log in as a second participant, as a, uh, as a, as a normal participant, because as a host, you're, you see your Zoom session quite differently to a participant. And especially if you're driving slides, you're not quite sure what others see. And a great way of monitoring that is if you've got a second PC, a second Mac or second device where you can actually keep an eye on what others see. Uh, if you don't have a second Mac or a second PC, maybe you have a second uh, or like an iPad or uh, a, a Chromebook or something where you can go and log in as a participant. So you can actually follow and see that. On that participant, make sure you don't connect to the audio because you don't need it twice. All you want is really seeing what participants see. That is really helpful. And here's my tip number seven, tip seven. Don't forget to make it fun. This is really important. It's fairly easy to do that in a face-to-face two-day session where maybe on the second day or on the first day in the evening you've got an event where everybody comes together for team building, etc. Don't forget to do something similar online. It's really important to end with a bit of fun, have a bit of fun even on the second or on the third day or, on the, or the last day. Have some form of an event organized where you virtually do some stuff. So what we did, what I did, we organized a summer tea party uh, with different themes and different breakout rooms. And people were doing little competitions in each room. And then we would bring everybody together at the end to chat and also to kind of rate you know, whoever, which team actually won the competition. So a bit of competition is always good too. So remember to bring in some fun. So these are my quick seven tips for virtual sales kickoffs. And uh, don't forget to go to my website to download the actual breakout template. You can actually do that directly from my website. Go to margodavid.com and then click on downloads and there you have a link to the Zoom breakout Zoom template. And thanks for listening and if you want to get in touch you can email me with, at marco at marcodavid.com and you can also go and send me or leave voice messages if you go to anchor.fm forward slash marcodavid.